Do you have your windows open? I do not. Whoa. I feel like I'm hearing it's so faint and I didn't hear it until neither of us were talking, but I feel like I hear bugs in the background, like that good summer bug sound. Ooh. Well, welcome, summer bugs. Uh, this is Law School in Freedom. Oh, recording? <laughs> yeah, we are recording. And maybe it's because I have my noise-canceling headphones. I don't hear the beautiful cricket sounds. Hmm. I do. Now that I take them off, I can hear them outside. I'd be surprised if this microphone could pick that up. Well, here we are, the summer bug episode of Law School in Brief. Yeah. How nice. What episode is it? 72. <laughs> Amazing. Um, I'm Lydia. And, and I'm Megan. State your name for the record. <laughs> oh, shoot. Sorry. That's right. Okay. <clears throat> um, my name for the record is uh, Megan. And uh, listeners, please follow along because I participated in one mock de- deposition last week. So, I will be catching up with Megan via deposition. So you've stated your full name uh, for your name for the record. Thank you. Uh, and are you aware that you're being deposed in the case of Megan V podcast? Um, I suppose so. Have you ever been deposed before? No. In this deposition, I am going to be asking you questions and you're going to be answering them under oath. Do you understand? I wasn't given an oath. Well, let's say for the purposes of this mock deposition, you won't be under oath. Do you understand? I understand. <laughs> Great. Uh, and this will be recorded and not transcribed by a court reporter. But if it were to be transcribed by the court reporter, it will be important that you don't indicate using nods or other gestures or uh-huh or uh-huh. Um, every answer needs to be verbal. Do you understand? Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Excellent. Well, Megan, uh, thank you for your time. Please tell me what you were eating for dinner tonight. Well, I already had dinner. Um, and I had Peruvian food. Wow. What, what was the dish? (laughs) It was a smattering of dishes. If you must know, I went and had dinner with a few of my friends and we ate family style and they did all the ordering. So I don't know what I ate, but it was very good. You don't know what you ate. I find that hard to believe. (laughs) Sorry. I haven't prepared. This is all improv and improv's not my game, but let's keep going. Um, How would you describe your life since now and the last time we spoke? Can you rephrase the question? That makes no sense. Of course. What words would you use to describe the happenings in your life between today and our last podcast episode? Oh, I see. Um... Which is not a good question. Just you were right to object to that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, void for vagueness. But uh, if I have to answer, I would say since the last time we spoke, some words I could use to describe my life would be commuting and um, 
doing a lot of projects, um, general legal projects. What was that? Legal projects. Some legal and some house projects. Um, I would say that my life is in a, a state of disarray at all times, seemingly. And can you talk about the Venus flytrap incident? Which one? <laughs> I would like to know if there has been any resolution with you and your neighbor. Ah, yes. So since the last time we spoke, I can tell you that my neighbor did not take me up on the offer to compensate for the death and destruction of the Venus flytrap. Um, I attribute that to his cowardice. I would also tell you that I have since noticed that the Venus flytrap has been replaced. There is now a new Venus flytrap that has been housed in a styrofoam cup. And I have observed that styrofoam cup in the exact location where the original one was um, precariously perched on the ledge where people's bumpers could hit it. And then I noticed that it moved up onto a windowsill. So um, I, I think that this chapter has come to a close. I, uh, but I do look forward to any more passive aggressive notes. And would you agree that you were responsible for the death of the first Venus flytrap? I would not agree with that. No, there's absolutely no <laughs> evidence to back up my neighbor's claim that it was me who killed the Venus flytrap. <laughs> oh my gosh, I should have prepared for this because this is so fruitful, this <laughs> Venus flytrap incident. But I'll, I'll stop it there because I feel like our usual banter is easier for the listeners to hear, but... Um, oh my gosh, the mock deposition was so fun to do. If that's all litigation was, I'd be much more into litigation. How Isn't did it, it just kind of like aggressive questioning is a deposition? There's so much strategy to it. I have a list of um, advice and feedback that our that the partner gave to us after our mock deposition. And uh, unfortunately, I didn't take any of it into consideration during our improv session because uh, I felt uncomfortable doing improv. But <laughs> that's on me. But I can share it at some point. I feel like you'd be really good at it. A deposition? Yeah. Is it? Oh, so it sounds like it's just it's like talking. Yeah, but it's like a, it's like a legal. There's like a legal format to the conversation, and there are types of questions that you should and shouldn't ask and strategic ways to frame questions um, to get, you know, what you want out of the witness. That makes sense. And, I guess I, like yeah. it, in my lay person's brain, there's a really fine line between a deposition and an interrogation, like a police interrogation. <laughs> could, like, for, could you invoke the fourth amendment during a deposition? The fifth amendment? Pardon me. Yes. The fifth amendment. <laughs> Wow. I would love to invoke the Fourth Amendment. <laughs> right. Listen um, to me. Uh, I asked that question, actually. Let me see if I wrote down their answer. Um, da, 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 da. It's such a good question, which is also why I asked it. So why didn't I write down the answer? Um, wow, I'm sorry. It's okay. 
while we're lulling, but can I you speak- can you hear the TV in the background? <laughs> I cannot. You cannot. Okay. Yeah. Well, should maybe I'll give the like describe it more, and you can try deposing me if you want. Okay, I have no, I feel like this is not going to be fun for the listeners because I have no idea what I'm doing. Okay, you're right, you're right, you're right. That's not fair. Um, well, I'll share, I'll share a little bit about it just so that we can move on to our normal discussion. Front okay. loading the topic of the week. Um, depositions, the advice that I was given during my summer internship was to ask short, simple, direct questions. The longer the question, the more likely the witness is going to fight with you, which you absolutely did the right thing by being like, what are you talking about? And the longer the question, um, the more likely the attorney representing the witness is going to find an objection with something that you're bringing up. There's two types of objections. There's objection in form which the uh, say that the person representing you Megan during that Mm -hmm. during our mock deposition if they had said objection to form I would have had a chance to like reword my question but if it's an objection on foundation which is the other type of objection um, it just means that there's no basis established for the question I asked like uh, what type of car do you have? Oh, well, we haven't established that you have a car, you know, that kind of thing. Oh, so, okay, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So it and sounds like all the questions have to build upon each other. Yes, that's right. Okay. Um, if you want to be able to rely on them later. And you know, when... Uh-huh. I, I think, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but um, I actually have watched a deposition before and I'm forgetting it was for one of my classes and it was a, the Casey Anthony deposition. Are you familiar with the case Casey Anthony case? I don't think so. It was like the early two thousands. There was a a young mom named Casey Anthony. Who's like three year old daughter went missing and then turned up dead. And pretty much like all signs pointed to Casey Anthony being culpable for the death of her daughter. Um, but I don't know, man. She had like a really good defense attorney and she walked free. Um, anyway, her her deposition comes to mind now because I remember having to listen to a lot of really boring questions about like a job that she had at an amusement park and each question built upon the other one. And essentially they were trying to get to a point where they could talk about her schedule. But before uh, they could do that, they had to establish it. She worked there and like who she worked with and her position and blah, blah, blah. blah. And I was like, wow, fuck, this is so irrelevant. But yeah, yeah. so it is relevant in this type of like mm. formatted conversation. And right. one cool thing about depositions is that the attorney who's representing you um, could have just say objection. You don't have to say why you're objecting. So um, they can say objection and then we just can keep talking. Like I can say, please answer the question if you feel comfortable or like you can answer the question, you know, if you want. Um, And your lawyer's use of saying objection is just to like get it on the record and kind of signal to you, like just 
think about like careful what you're yeah. doing. Yeah. Um, and then if I ask, you know, why do you have an objection? Then, you know, the attorney might say like, oh, I object to the form of your question. Then I have a, the chance to reword it. But if I don't reword it, then, you know, I might be on the hook during a, during the court case. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then another thing that I did poorly during the mock deposition at work and also during our mock deposition was just like having, just couching the questions, making comments like, oh, great, or wow, um, or well, thanks for sitting down with me. None of that is necessary at all. I had done that during the mock deposition to just try to make the witness feel more comfortable and try to make it seem like I'm a human it's okay but really like you just don't do that in a deposition you just ask the questions and you don't need to make it feel like it has a flow (laughs) which is so hard for me um so hard I mean it it seems counterintuitive it seems like it would be making your job more difficult than it needs to be like what's the harm in some pleasantries I guess there's there's no harm. They they told me they gave me that feedback and said, you know, you can try to make the witness feel comfortable through your tone or like the way you ask questions. And I was like, yeah, but I had the exact reaction that you just had until I was the one like we were the ones who did the we did the taking first um for the defendant's witness and then when I was the one representing our witness against the other side's questioning, I could just sit back and observe them. And the ones who did all of the couching and all of that just kind of felt like a waste of time. And it just seemed like, okay, get to the question, like, whatever. We know that you don't really think that that's in- interesting, whatever the person said. Like, mm. So I don't know. Um, but of course the more comfortable you are with it as an attorney because you do it often doesn't mean that this new witness who's never been in a deposition before feels any more comfortable. Right. um, Just being asked questions. So maybe it's just a, a gut call. Um, There were interesting things that I learned to watch out for, to object to like, well, does it make sense to you that your coworker would have whatever? It's just too subjective. Uh, oh, there were there's strategies for um, just asking these simple, like very open-ended questions that aren't yes or like sometimes you need yes or no questions, but sometimes you might just want to say like, "Tell me about your criminal conviction" instead of like. You know, have you ever been convicted of like theft? Because that you can just say yes, and then whatever. There's but, no meat to that answer. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then let's see. Oh, anything that's like legalese, where you're asking someone to make a legal conclusion, is just like not as appropriate for a deposition. Maybe if the witness is a trained attorney themselves I'm not sure maybe even then it would be inappropriate but um you know if it was a tort case and I asked well do you think a reasonable person would have blah 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 you know that's that's like 
that's not a good example, but something where yeah, I was going to say the reason, the reasonable person <laughs> example is probably the worst example because yeah. it's like everyone's supposed to understand that. But maybe, maybe it's like if it's a crime that needs intent, like, yeah, would you define intent like as this? Um, let's see what other things. Um, okay. Oh, I guess. I should amend what I said earlier about if there's an objection, the witness can just keep going. Um, if there's like a legal right to not speak like attorney-client privilege or something, um, then you can do that. And that actually, I did make a little note about pleading the fifth. Uh, so once the deposition starts, in the absence of like a legal right, like attorney-client privilege, then the witness has to answer. And if they don't, if they're like, uh, an illegal right might be like the right to not incriminate yourself, which right. once you evoke that is kind of telling, but it's still, it's still there. But um, if the person just says like, I refuse to answer, then you can get a motion to compel after the deposition is done. So they don't just get out of it. They might get out of it for the moment, but it's not over. Like you can compel it. So that's that answers your earlier question. Um, and they said like often silence can just be really strategic. Like if you just, even though you've like super prepared for the deposition with all the questions that you might want to ask, very unlike our improv session, um, just like leaving a little silence, hearing where the questions go and following up on those um, but people are uncomfortable with silence. So, like, if you had answered the question of, like, we had Peruvian food and I just, like, didn't ask you a question next, you might have just, like, kept talking about, like, oh, our friends ordered and I, without me having to ask anything. And I could say, like, well, what else do you have to say about that? And just, you know, leave, like, if I can tell there's something you really want to say. So that can be a strategic. Mm. Um, and... There are things that at a trial you would have to establish relevance, but would be like, okay, in a deposition, like there's more you can do in a deposition, which I think is like, you might make someone answer it there, but not be able to use it in court or something, which feels like a weird power trip. Um, and that's, those are the notes I took during my feedback, but yeah, I really enjoyed doing that. Sweet. That I do love when, you know, an internship or a job takes the time to to train you in a practical skill. Oh, yeah, because we didn't learn that in, cl in classes. Oh, positions. no. Right. Exactly. That's not like, what law school is about. Children <laughs> listening. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's, it kind of reminds me of, you know, growing up and going to public schools and like, learning you know all kinds of algebra but like never learning how to balance a checkbook mm. <laughs> it's like oh this is all really great theory and like one day i might use algebra maybe um but you know what i'm definitely gonna have to do learn how to <laughs> navigate credit <laughs> you know yeah. sort of same with law school it's like yes absolutely like all of the elements of various tort claims will one day be relevant to me if well, if that I mean, well, no, I mean that they'll be relevant for when I take the bar. They may oh, never right. again be relevant, but yeah, 
but like how is that going how's your class going my class or sorry you are done with the semester so you're not taking the bar prep class so are you just doing normal okay yeah, no, I, right now I've, I've shifted um, my focus onto studying for the MPRE, which I take um, one month from yesterday. So nice. I'm yeah, looking forward to that. Um, but I mean, in the meantime, I've gotten a lot of good courtroom experience, um, which I mean, like even, even doing moot court doesn't quite prepare you. Um, in really? Well, yeah, I mean, like, it definitely gets you comfortable with public speaking. And the things that used to feel really mechanical, like having to say, yes, your honor, no, your honor, um, you know, well, I'm not standing up in Wilkes County Court and saying, may it please the court. (laughs) Yes, you're not doing that. Um, But in moot court, they don't teach you how to enter exhibits. You know, they don't teach mm. you where to stand and how to use your body and like how to cross examine or direct examine anybody. You don't get any of that. There is a class at Elon called Trial Practice and Procedure. And mm. they, I know that they do it in, in that class, but I think that class is capped out at like 20 students and it fills up within a hot second. Um, oh, yeah. So I actually just reached out to the professor of that class and I asked if she would share the course material with me. And she did so. Um, this is Professor Dunham for anyone at Elon who's listening. That's um, genius. Yeah, I was like, hey, I wasn't able to take your class. I had her for evidence. So she knew who I was. I wasn't like some rando. <laughs> <laughs> Though I do think she probably would give it out regardless. But I, I explained what I was going to be doing this summer. And I said, I really don't want my first exposure to this stuff to be like on the job can I look through all of your course materials and she gladly shared everything with me so I like knew on paper and in theory how to you know do a direct exam and a cross exam and how to enter exhibits but doing it in person and doing it in real life is very different Mm. and I haven't I, I I have to be honest I haven't done any of those things yet in my internship um but I, I, I do, I, like, every day I'm getting a little more confident, just a little more confident. Yeah. And, yeah. Like, I had court today, and I was standing up on a couple cases, and I felt totally confident about what was going to happen. Like, I'd, wow. I'd watched it enough times. I knew what to say. I knew, you know, what forms I needed and who to, like, I have so much anxiety about the little, like the actual movements of being in the courtroom, like mm-hmm. there's almost like a an unspoken choreography. You have to like, I feel stand. Like you were mentioning that last time, or just like that—that's what surprised you, kind of. Yeah, there's so much movement, and like, so you could stand. You stand up at 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 counsel's table. And, you know, let's say the judge calls out, you know, margin number 20, and then they give the, you know, the plaintiff and defendant's name, and then you could stand up and say, you know, my name is Megan, I'm with Legal Aid, and I'm appearing on behalf of the plaintiff, Your Honor. Um, It appears that the defendant hasn't been um, given service, and so we would ask the court for a continuance to allow for service. And then the judge would say, you know, like, granted. And then if I'm good, which... 
hopefully I am, <laughs> I, yeah. I will have a continuance already drafted and I'll, I'll have to stand there and I'll say, you're on our, I've drafted a continuance if I may approach. And then they'll say yes. And then you approach and then they sign the continuance. And then it's like, now you're holding the signed continuance and you're standing in front of the courtroom. Now, what do you do? You know? And it's like, well, now you have to go, you have to turn to his clerk and then you hand it to the clerk and then she enters what she does. And then she puts it in a file. And then you, you're going to want that file because you need to go down to the clerk's office to get a copy made or a couple copies, at least one to give your client one for you. But then it's like, now you still have the physical file that belongs to the clerk. Where do you go with the physical file? You know, it's just like all of it's this dance that nobody teaches you. <laughs> and you just have to <laughs> learn how to do it. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. And I just like, my, my fears are just like, what if I didn't know that once the judge signs the continuance, I then have to hand it to the clerk. Then I'm just standing up in front of the judge holding a signed continuance. And like, I'm just imagining them staring at me going like, what do you want? Like, <laughs> I gave you what you wanted. Like, go leave me now. <laughs> um, which, like, which could happen if I didn't know where to go. Um, and if the judge was not, you know, necessarily super um, learner friendly, but yeah. Um, sound like such a pro. I thank guess. you. I mean, asking for a continuance is like the easiest thing you can do. Um, especially if there's a really like good grounds for the continuance. Like if the, if the opposing party hasn't been served, I mean, that's like an automatic continuance. But is it kind of like, would it ever be like your client's fault that they weren't served? Like, mm. would that ever come back to bite you? I haven't seen that. I mean, most of the time, like the clients have to do their best in providing an address for the opposing party. And, okay. you know, I've seen a couple of cases where they are giving me an address to the best of their knowledge. But I mean, it's like a PO box in South Dakota or something, you know, it's like, yeah, well, the chances that this cat ever gets served are slim to none. So we can just continue this and continue this until finally a judge is going to say this matter has been continued five times because of service. Like we are dismissing this case, you know, like, Oh, so you want the case to be dismissed usually? No, um, not necessarily. Okay. I mean, like in a case where you have legit, and I hate to say that, but like I'll, rather than say legit domestic violence, I'll say in a case where, the circumstances are such that pretty much every element of the 50B statute is being met, then the best case scenario is that the opposing party gets served and perhaps they don't show up to court, which means we can proceed and we can get the 50B and then our client doesn't have to see their abuser and, yeah. and they are protected by the 50B for one year. And in North Carolina, you can renew the 50B after a year. You don't even have to show like changed circumstances. You can just say, yeah, I was given this 50B a year ago. I want it to continue to be in effect. And then after you renew it after the first year, then you can come back and get it renewed and it's good for two years. And you can do that into per in perpetuity. You are literally such a professional. 
Oh my god! I feel like we have to like make the disclaimer now that none of this is legal advice because yeah. that sounds oh, like yeah. yes, 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 <laughs> so good. That was so good, <laughs> too good. No, I'm just none of this is legal advice. I am a know nothing. Don't quote me. Don't quote me. Don't quote me. But you're not a know nothing anymore. Fuck. That's so. You sound <laughs> like I don't even know that statute. I don't know any of that. I mean, oh why, why would you? Like, I'm I'm deep in it every day. That's, like, the one thing that I know, like, the back of my hand at this point. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's – I'm learning all of these little nuances and kind of how to do the dance. I've, I'm learning the choreography that's needed yeah. to do the dance of the courtroom and the 50B and all that. Yeah. So, so that's all pretty exciting. Wow. Yeah. Can you hear Harper in the background? Okay, this is like, like not a good sound. <laughs> oh, she's like trapped in. Okay, so I, I'm gonna digress momentarily. Please. Um, my high was that my friends Allie and Jordan took me out to took me and Adam out to dinner to thank us because they were um, they had like a weird gap where they had to be out of their apartment at the end of the month, but their lease didn't start until like the seventh. So they didn't have a place to be for a week. And Aww. we let them crash here and like store some stuff while they were temporarily houseless. Um, so they took us out to a really lovely dinner and it was like spon- spontaneous and unplanned and fun. And we got back and <laughs> we walked in the back door and instantly we're like hit with this overwhelming smell of poop. No. And, and I'm like, what is that? <laughs> so we're walking around the house, turning on the lights in every room and we can't locate it, can't locate it, can't locate it. And then all of a sudden there it is. And it was like one of the dogs had just had like explosive diarrhea all Are they over the okay? carpet. Yes, oh, they're no. fine. They're fine. Um, so Adam and I were both like gagging. I mean, good thing we have so many masks around the house now. Cause I put on, (laughs) I put on like lab goggles and a mask and I was cleaning it up anyway. So now I'm in the spare bedroom and I've closed the door and like lit a candle and I'm just trying to eradicate the smell, at least in my airspace. Um, and Harper is, uh, is trapped in here with me. I think she's just like, get me out of this hellhole. Um, anyway, we're tearing up the carpet this weekend. So if anybody knows how to do that or has any tips, holler at your girl. Oh, that's exciting. I mean, this this was get, the final straw. With the wood under uh, underneath. The wood underneath like- is actually is actually pretty nice. Oh hell yeah! Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm hoping that there's no like significant damage. Like my greatest fear is that we tear up the carpet and then in the center of a room there's like a huge pit or something. No. That we, could, that we couldn't know about until we tore the carpet up, but I just can't with the smell. Like I, like the three dogs, it's just oof, it's got to go. It's got to go. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I, love it. I hate it, but I'm glad you love it from afar. <laughs> I just love that it's like it seems extreme like you're redoing your entire carpet but I guess the it's like I don't actually know how you would clean it out because this like a steam cleaner would then steam the poop and that would be that wouldn't help anything exactly that would be gross yep but that's cute that you started out that story with 
one of my highs this week was. But the high was the dinner, not not the aftermath. Not the spray poop. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, what's your high? Um, what is my high? Uh, it's been like nice and rainy here. That's a high. I'm trying to think of other highs. Oh, um, oh my God, my battery's at 5%. Hold on. Wow. Wow. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Don't do this to me. <laughs> We're plugged in. Hell yeah. I should. Wow. That's what I get for saying I love the rainy nights without qualifying it and saying it was a really bad storm and a lot of people lost power, but I, I did not. So I'm grateful for that. And um, my office is doing like an in-person office tour on the last day of the internship. And so I'm going to go out to New York and uh, take a little tour, which it's like, it's not about the actual office tour, you know, it can look like anything and I'll still work there. It's just meeting the other people in my summer program who I've never met in person and maybe scouting out like what neighborhoods I'd want to live in. Yes. Oh, that's exciting. That's super exciting. Mm hmm. I'm going to stay with my friend Maddie, who's in law school. Shout out to Maddie. That'll be great. Anything else? Or is that the singular high? Oh, the rain was another high. Oh, pardon me. Pardon me. Yeah, I love the rain. I'm trying to think of other highs, but I can't. Uh, When was the last time we chatted? We have uh, maybe I'll think of things, but I can't at the moment. Well, um, I was going to tell you about, I kind of already like jumped the gun on my wild animal encounter. Like you have, that had, was my fault. Right. You know about the Venus flytrap and I just told you about Midge and her oh. bowel extravaganza. So <laughs> <laughs> that's about all I got for you in that category. I don't have any wild animal encounter stories myself, just that there've been a lot of lightning bugs here and Raja has started doing this weird thing. Like I'm going to take him to the vet. Not it hasn't, it's not so bad. But it's like also just I'll, I'll do a general checkup. It just sped up the time frame during which I would do a general checkup. But he's been doing this thing where he's been like kneading his paws for like 15 minutes. I started timing it. Cause I was like, he seems, and he's so intent and he'll look at me with his pupils dilated. And when I go to pet him, he'll go, which is like not really a meow. But like I feel like that's like normal cat behavior. He had never done it until like a week ago. I like he always let me pet him. And it I just yeah, I don't know. Well, you're like, in a new apartment, no? Pain. Yeah, exactly. And I kind of switched up his food also at the same time as the move so that's why i was like well it's probably just that but now he keeps doing it and i'm like i don't know that seems pretty normal cat to me but you know pretty okay okay yeah literally never looked at me like that before like he'll stare at me (laughs) and then like if i like (laughs) and then he'll make these like and if i like don't stare back he starts like touching my face He'll, like, put a paw on my face and then bring it back until I look, make eye contact with him again. Yeah, it sounds like you have a cat. <laughs> he was 
was just never like that. But yeah, maybe, you know, new apartment, new Raja. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's very comforting to hear you say that because I, I've known many a cat who has done similar stuff. I, like, 1 a.m. last night laying in bed was like, oh, my gosh, what if it's that he's constipated? And then I, like, ran to his oh. litter box and it was full of poop. And so I was like, okay, fine. Good. <laughs> Not that. Game's We're fine. <laughs> yeah, I could sleep easy knowing that my cat has no <laughs> bowel issues. Yep. Yeah. Send good thoughts Great. for We've Midge, though. About poop multiple times. Yeah. I will. God. <laughs> what has this podcast devolved into? I don't know. I think we're both deliri- delirious. Yeah. I think it now is a good time to mention that it's like nearly midnight my time. And my pumpkin hour is like 9 p.m. I go to sleep really early. So, and I've had two cocktails. Oh, la la. But I mean, that was many hours ago at my fancy Peruvian dinner. That sounds so fun. Oh, God. It was so good. It was so good. Make friends that work in the service industry. I cannot more highly recommend Absolutely. it. Yeah. Industry night is where it's at. Industry people know where it's at. It's like they were friends with the server and they like knew the chef. And I'm like, yes, give me all of this. Yes. I'll eat whatever you put in front of me. I won't ask a single question. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... I, I do want to continue the shout out section. Um, okay. And I was intending to do this at the top of the episode and I didn't realize we were recording and then I got thrown off because I was talking about summer bug sounds. And so here oh. we are like, <laughs> I don't even know how far into this. And I want to give a shout out to our youngest and newest loyal follower. Oh my gosh. Who? Barry. Yes. <laughs> So this episode is dedicated to Barry, who is our brand new friend all the way in Australia, um, birthed by our older friend, Katie Gray, um, who is a friend of the podcast and a real friend in real life. So (laughs) shout out to shout out to Barry (laughs) and to Katie with Barry. Barry is so cute. Barry is too cute. Barry has no chin. It's just like fat little lips and droopy fat little cheeks. And it's the cutest thing I've ever seen. (laughs) So yeah. Barry gives me a reason to be on Instagram. Same. It's a little dangerous. (laughs) Now that I can justify it to myself, it's like, well, now this baby has like lived for another day. So I need to see, you know, (laughs) if there's, if there's an update. And then I'm uh, two hours later. I'm like, oh, oops, wait, I'm not looking. You're like, oh, what was Barry doing again? (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Oh Oh, yes. Oh, Oh, we should have swag in general, but we should definitely have merch for babies. Baby shirts. Baby shirts. Barry shirts. (laughs) (laughs) Law school and Barry. Law school and Barry. Someone please make it for us. (laughs) We need it. Yes. Oh, all right. Um, what well, else? I, I have a I have a segue. I have a segue. Mm. I was thinking of it's not really a shout out. It's more of an apology. Oh. To <laughs> to reasonable Aunt Kathy because <gasps> I have not been eating to the quality 
that Reasonable Kathy or the general audience has come to expect of me. Oh, no. I have absolutely reverted. Remember in a previous episode, I was like, yeah, I thought I would need paper plates this summer. Ha, ha, ha. We're there. We're, <laughs> We've <laughs> arrived. Paper plates. I just can't with dishes right now. I just really don't want to spend my summer doing that. Mm. And I'm like, Lucky Charms, mac and cheese. Like, we're we're there. We have, we're back in childhood. It gets me through the day, which is cool. But it's also not, like, great for my life. I think part of it is, like, I'm not, like, cooking for anyone else. And sometimes, like, that's the excuse I need to kind of get fancy. Yeah. Um, even though, of course, I'm worth it. I'm worth nice food, but I can't bring myself to just like start cooking for a long time. So like, uh, and then they're not even on brand Lucky Charms. They're off brand. They're weird. It's called Hocus Pocus made by Schnucks, the local grocer. Why I'm eating handfuls of this. Why? I don't know. But hey, you know, that's okay. I'm about to go to New York and eat like a queen. That's right. That so is that's, right. maybe I'll include that as one of my like not low but because I love mac and cheese and Lucky Charms but just like a meh because it's not the best. Mm. You got any mehs? Oh yeah, I've got hella mehs, plenty of lows. I'm just gonna kind of lump them all into one um, stream of consciousness complaint. Okay, so I have started getting ready for the bar exam. Dun, dun, dun. Hey. Yeah. Like for real, real, this is probably the first time on this podcast that I've uttered those words. Um, yeah. but I, I am facing the fact that this is going to cost me so much money. Like here's the breakdown in North Carolina. And for anyone okay. listening, you I know, I haven't looked into this. So I need the to bar know. exam is different in every state. And some states have reciprocity with other states, which means if you take the bar in your state and you want to practice law somewhere else, um, you can do so in a state that has reciprocity, which means they're like, oh, you North Carolina folks. Yeah, your scores are good here. Come on in. Um, So but however, you know, I'm going to be taking the North Carolina bar, which is state specific. And in North Carolina, the general application fee is $850 if timely, right. if submitted before the deadline, and then $1,100 if you submit it late. Um, supplemental application, $400 if timely, $650 if late. Jeez. If you want to use your own laptop, it's $125. Um, what? Well, yeah. what's the quality of the laptop they're providing? I have no idea. And also take this all with a grain of salt. I would never risk it. Right. Yeah. I don't know, man. Um, To have your MPRE scores transferred, it's 25 bucks. To have a licensed copy fee. I don't know, man. I don't know. Look, you just Google it. Google it. I don't know. I got overwhelmed. So I don't have your answers, but these are the numbers that are being thrown at me. Okay. $35 $35 for a licensed copy fee. I don't know what that is, but it's money. Also, like fees aside, here's some more um, foolishness. So in North Carolina, you need to submit your real certified birth certificate. A copy won't suffice. Um, Are you they going to give it back? I think you just have to order a certified copy. Like it's like a That's special. So fucked. 
Yeah. So stupid. You need to you need to submit your credit report. Why? Yeah, I know. Talk about yeah, it's like that I mean that's just laughable to me. I'm like, you just charged me like two hundred thousand dollars to go to school. Of course my credit is gonna look like shit. (laughs) I haven't had an income in two years. (laughs) Okay. Um, Your driving record, your fingerprints, your college transcripts, all of your student loan and credit card info, any criminal record or court case record you've ever been involved in, every address you've ever lived at since you were 18, every job you've had since you were 18, references, and in North Carolina, you need to provide 12 references from every job or just like no just general general references like character references whatever also your bar exam application has to match your law school application exactly so if you for example got a speeding ticket since you started law school you have to report that to your school so that they can amend your application and it's just it's really overwhelming. And then, and then it's like, once you get past all that and you're like, okay, I got all my ducks in a row. Like I'm ready to go. It's like, Oh, you could still fail. And then you'd have to do this again. (laughs) That is so overwhelming. I am going to be in lucky charms city, USA all during that whole process. That's just too much. So that's my, I'm sorry. My cat is going nuts. Oh my God. She's attacking me. Oh, Harper. Harper. Come here. All I have I have no choice. All I can do is hold her. It's the only safe thing. Like that sounds really cute. I like she's that. she's talking into the microphone right now. Say hello. Harper. You remember me? Harper? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I got I gotta put the, the headphones on her. <laughs> oh right. <laughs> Anywho, oh. that's my like low and men just general like overwhelming feeling well i can't beat that because that sounds horrible i mean i have i do hear some nice music now oh yeah that's because adam has been listening to the tv very loudly and not replying to any of my texts begging him to turn it down (laughs) but i am (laughs) i'm like plugged in and if i open the door then the midge shit smell is gonna just oh yeah yeah it's okay it's okay it's nice background music um okay i actually do have to open the door though because harper is is properly attacking me now so i need to let her out give me one second okay ah Oh, I could hear that. This is truly a midnight episode, listeners. We're not at our finest. But hey, we finally sat down and recorded an episode. This is how it's going. Wow, this episode... (laughs) This is not one of our best episodes. (laughs) It's really not. What I should have done was prepare the deposition. I feel like it all went down from there. It's just... It's my fault. This is an update for update's sake. <laughs> Everything yeah, smells like great. shit. I have no money. My cat <laughs> hates me. <laughs> oh, anyway. I'm sure Harper doesn't hate you. She I segue that to one of my clothes, hmm. which I might have even mentioned on the last episode, which is that my car alarm keeps going off for no reason. Did I mention yep. that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that I had taken it to the dealership. Did I mention that? It's been um, a dealership three times because they keep being like, well, it's this, you know, like first they were like, oh, there's some aftermarket part that's been uh, 
put in here. So we're going to take it out. I'm like, okay. That didn't do anything. And then they were like, oh, it probably thinks that like the hood is being opened. So we're going to like disable the sensor for the hood latch. And I was like, great. And then that didn't do it. So then the third time was the weirdest time of all. The guy at the dealership, different person each time. Um, but he was like, so I don't think we're going to be able to fix this without like picking apart every single thing. And that would cost you like at least a thousand dollars. I was like, yes, I do not authorize that. Thank you for, you know, bringing that up. And he was like, the thing is with your car is there is no alarm system. And I was like, really? It sure sounds like an alarm. And he was like, yeah, this model of car, it's not an alarm system. So it must be an issue with the horn. And I was like, okay, if you say so. So I was like, can you disable the horn? And they were like, not, it will never pass an inspection that way. And I was like, okay. So I get it back and I'm like, well, this just won't do, but I cannot sell this car because the car alarm is going off. Like there has to be a solution to this. And, and so I'm like, I know what I'm going to do. I am going to bring a little nail polish out to the car and like put a little polish on the fuse for the horn so that I can easily identify it. And I'm just going to pull out the fuse for the horn whenever I park the car and put it back in when I go to drive. Great. So just now we'll see if it works, but I opened up the like fuse diagram. Wouldn't you know, there was a fuse for the alarm system that doesn't exist. So I pulled that out and I was like, why wasn't this an option at the dealership? I asked them like, can't, isn't there any way to disable the alarm? And they said, no, but I pulled out the fuse for the alarm system. So I feel like if that less than one minute fix was the answer and I spent $300 on like non solutions, I even was like, you didn't actually ever fix it. So can I have my money back? And they were like, well, we did work on it to remove the aftermarket part. So no, but we can give you a free oil change. And I was like, okay, great. So that was the most expensive oil change ever. God. And I guess I probably should have tried to put up a fight a little bit more, but I don't actually know how that works. Like they did put in the labor. They just didn't ever do the really easy solution that I could have done myself. So I don't know. It's just a low because it's just stupid. And my neighbors hate me and I have to run. I, I sprint out of my house like at any hour of the day. So it's like, okay right now because Billy's place is on the first floor but once I'm on the third floor in my new apartment that will not be fun yeah and like you can't ever fully relax like when I'm at home and I have no expectation of leaving my home Ah. again you should see what I'm wearing like (laughs) (laughs) like it's not something I would I would ever go outside in public in (laughs) Yes, yes. It's like a hard pajama moment, probably a face mask, definitely no bra, like. Yeah, I'll run out wearing whatever, like whatever's close by, I'll put it on. Um, You know, if it's not, if I'm not wearing anything suitable for the public. Uh, But I, I guess maybe I shouldn't even put that as a low because the car still functions. and I won't have to get rid of it yet. And the alarm thing could work out. So it's a meh. And my other meh is that 
it's like the end of my internship and I feel like next week and I just next week yeah next Friday is my last day it was 10 weeks I know and I'm like I feel like I didn't do all the things that they say to do like your summer internship is like a time to network and a time to like build all these skills and I kind of feel like I did that maybe it's a function of being remote but like I really didn't like a lot of my coworkers reached out to people and had like virtual chats with them and I just like didn't but the people I met I really liked so I like either that I was like paired with through the program or met working on assignments. So maybe if I hadn't liked people, I would have been more motivated to like find who I actually did want to work with. Mm-hmm. But kind of everyone is great. So I've been like, okay, I like them. <laughs> it is just not how you're supposed to do a summer internship. You're just supposed to like really take advantage of it. And I don't know. I took I, advantage you... of the social activities, but. Right. I, I would be curious to hear from somebody who feels as though they really took advantage of the summer internship, especially if that person was doing it remotely. Because, yeah, like, I truly, well, how? How do you take advantage of a summer internship if you're remote? Really? I know. I'm sure there are people, like, I can tell that some of my coworkers have, like, done more with their summers because they were juggling this and like clerkship applications which is the whole thing um and I didn't do that and yeah and then when people describe what projects they're working on I I'm sure that people most of my coworkers have done more assignments than I have <laughs> but I yeah I think part of me is just like kind of weirdly anxious that I like won't get a job offer even though it's kind of understood that everyone will get a job offer unless they massively mess up but part of me is like what if I massively messed up I don't know but the interview is only 15 minutes um so that is promising I think like if there were really something bad it would probably be not a 15 minute exit interview it would be like a chat someone could be I don't don't even know so so great after next week when I'm like okay job offer I can just go into next semester we haven't registered for classes that's my other update that's happening this week what are you taking I don't know yet I they there's so many okay this is a low there's so many classes that they're not offering this semester they're not offering family law. They're not offering immigration law. They're not offering securities regulation. They're not offering, uh, I forget. Uh, oh, there was a class startup law last year. And like all these classes that are usually taught in the fall. And I'm like, um, excuse me, what am I supposed to take? There's some things I want to take, but in general, it's just not what I was expecting at all. Right. So... Well, if law school has taught us anything, especially law school during a pandemic, it would be turning a a shitty semester into a somewhat more palatable semester. <laughs> Just figuring yeah. it out. Yeah. Who knows? I feel like with 
registration just so many previous semesters I've like ended up rearranging my schedule afterwards anyways that I'm like oh, I'll just give it my best shot yeah. I will update next recording with what I've got on the schedule please do yeah well I I hate to say this I don't think I've ever done this but I am like I have to go to bed like <laughs> I, I feel you it's, it's I've been here. This whole time that we've been recording, I've been able to hear the TV because my headphones pick up so much. Mm. I feel like I've been slightly tortured for the last. Let's shut it down by the sound. And I'm like, I am like a full on toddler who's like reached their bedtime. It is bedtime, listeners. Everyone gets some sleep this week. Yeah, and hopefully next time we come back, we will actually have something put together for you. So that we have good things, good things. Um, But thanks for sticking with us. Bye, Megan. Good night.